Hi there. I'm Mindy Jensen. And I'm Carl Jensen. And this is the Mindy and Carl on Money Podcast, where we talk about what happens after you reach financial independence. Why do we call this show Mindy and Money? Because cashy Carl kind of sucks. Wow. I agree, though. It does kind of suck. On this episode of the Mindy and Carl on Money Podcast. Wait, cashy Carl. Not cashy Carl. Okay, sorry. Just Carl. <laughs> Hashi Carl and I discuss the top reasons we have heard people say they are choosing not to pursue financial independence. Ooh, I can't wait for this one. But before we get started, let's take a quick break. Today's episode of Mindy and Cashy Carl on Money is sponsored by Books, our favorite books. So you can go to mindyonmoney.com slash books to find a list of all of our favorites. Mindy on Money slash books. MindyOnMoney.com slash books. Oh, MindyOnMoney.com slash books. <laughs> and now we're going to dive into excuses. These are reasons people have told us that they don't want to pursue fire. Let's jump in. Oh, uh, this, this first one really, really annoys me. So this first person said, I want my kid to see me working. And what's the alternative? Just sitting around watching TV all day? Well, I'll get into that. To give the backstory, this person has an eight-figure net worth, well over $10 million, and lives a modest lifestyle. So I said, well, you have a young child now. Are you going to stop working? He's like, no. And I said, why not? He's like, well, I want my kid to see me working because if he doesn't, that might not put a work ethic into him or something like that. I thought that was so sad. Another way to put this is, he thinks it's more valuable for his toddler to see him typing on a keyboard every once in a while when the kid wanders into the office than actually spending time with a kid and hanging out at the park and all these things he can't do with a child because he's going to be in a meeting. I, I don't approve. I don't either. That's a dumb reason. And no. I want to, when we stop recording, I want to hear who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's horrible. I, it's one of the ones I dislike most on this list. The next one is, I love my job. Have you I hate that one. Wh why do you hate it? I hate it because, okay, you love your job today. What happens if you get a boss, your awesome boss today leaves, and tomorrow you get a terrible boss? What happens if your company gets sold and then you're out of a job? What happens if you trip and fall and now you can't work there anymore. What, there's so many reasons why the fact that you love your job is completely immaterial for you having a comfortable cushion in case factors outside of your control slap you in the face. Yeah, I think it's great that people love their job. And if that's true, fantastic. You have found something amazing because so many people don't love their job. But even if you love your job, you could still love your investments too and save money and get that part of your life straight as well. These two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Even if you love your job, get your money right just in case. And you don't have to quit your job just because you reach financial independence. We are financially independent. The next one, it, it's never been explicitly put to me with these words, but something similar. And this is, I need more money. I know so many people, including one fairly recently, who have planned to quit their jobs. And then I call them up and yeah, we decided to go for one more year. We're just worried about X, Y, and Z. So I'm sorry, I can't spend time with you today because we're, we're still working, but maybe check back in a year and then we'll be able to do this thing we had planned. 
Okay, so I'm going to call you out and throw you under the bus. Did you reach financial independence and then quit? No, is how that word is pronounced. Yes, I did. In that order, we reached financial independence and then I later quit. Yeah, later quit. You also suffered from one more year syndrome or two more year syndrome. How many years did you work after we hit the fine number? We had our original goal and I quit 13 months after that. Okay, so you did have one more year syndrome. So don't talk smack about people who have one more year syndrome, Mr. One More Year Syndrome. Okay, I'll just edit this part out. No, you won't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. This next one is another favorite. I need purpose in my life and I won't have that without a job. Yes, you will. Have you ever heard people say this? I've heard people say this and you will absolutely have purpose in your life if you don't have a job. If your job is your only purpose, then volunteer there. I think this is so sad. If your job is your identity, I think I think there's something wrong with how you're living. And I realize it's different from job to job. If you're a physician, your name even changes and a lot of your identity might be your job. But I even there, like physician on fire, remember hanging out with him? Like you would not know he was an anesthesiologist unless he told you. We <laughs> not when you were hanging out with him. We stayed with him at his house and I was kind of nervous because he said, Oh yeah, tonight a couple of my friends are coming over and we're all going to hang out. I'm like, oh, geez, a couple more, a couple doctors are going to come and they'll talk about whatever doctors talk about when they're alone. And I'll just sit there on the corner and look at my shoes. And then the, these two dudes came over from the neighborhood and we had a beer in the hot tub. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry for misjudging you. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you need purpose in your life, and you only get that through your job, I'm going to quote you and say, you aren't living your life properly and you need to go find what gives you joy, what gives you purpose outside of your job. Pursue financial independence while pursuing purpose. Next, I've heard at least five people tell me this directly in different forms and it boils down to two words. And those two words are, you're selfish. Selfish. Yes. You are giving up a job that is well-paying. Most people in the fight community are working a well-paying job, but not all of them. You're giving up a job so that somebody else can take that job. You don't need the money anymore. To stay there and continue to hoard money when you don't need it is selfish. That is exactly my thought, too. If I'm working and I don't need the money, I'm depriving someone else of labor that they need. and. Clearly, that that wasn't the direction they came at it. They said, well, you're quitting, you're not paying taxes, and you're not supporting schools. They might have a slight point to the person who took my job can do all, all that stuff. But the very fact that we were able to achieve financial independence early means we made a lot of money and paid a lot of taxes. We just front loaded the whole thing, which is probably better for the government anyway. It's better to get your money early than late. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> We're still paying taxes in the form of sales tax and property tax, and I still work, so there's income tax, and we have dividends, and don't we have income tax on some of our investments anyway? Yes. So we're still paying taxes. It's not like you become financially independent and you have no more tax bills anymore. Yeah. But back to your point, I think it's selfish to stay at a job you no longer need when someone who really needs it could have that job. Exactly. Of course I'm right. The next one is another one of my favorite all-time hits. I've only heard this once, and this came from a a dear friend who I appreciate, but I think they are wrong. 
And this person said, I don't want to leave my job because I'll die if I quit working. Like I'll actually cease to exist. My death will occur. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? You're actually going to die if you quit working? How's that going to happen? And this person said they read about mailmen. And when mailmen stop working, like they die soon after they quit their job, like the person who puts mail in your mailbox. And I Googled this and tried to do some research and I couldn't find anything to support this. Wait, somebody told you something and you couldn't find evidence to support it? Shocking. And I think this person may have had a small point. If your whole, again, your identity, if your whole job is tied up in that, in that thing. And this one's near and dear to my heart because I think it happened with my dad. His job was his life. He lost his job. It was the Great Recession and he could never go back. His job just never came back and that was it. And he walked around to the woods for a long time. And eventually passed away. And I really do believe that if he would have kept working at the job, I think he might still be here today just because his life took a bad trajectory after he lost his job. But again, this isn't an issue with the job. It's an issue with lack of imagination, lack of creativity, and which boils down to not creating a vibrant life and identity outside of your job. So I do think that there is some validity to that statement, I'll die if I quit working because there is this, there's been a study done and many people die within, and I I don't know the specifics because I'm kind of getting thrown for a loop here. Maybe I should read these notes before we start recording, but they die within six months or two years of retirement. Just that's what happens. Now, is that because they don't have anything to do or is that because they worked so long that now their body has given out? I'm not familiar with that study. I don't know which way that is, but it could be either. Yeah. If anybody's listening and knows what we're talking about, uh, feel free to email Carl at MindyOnMoney.com. This one is one that I have heard personally at my own job. I'm young and I want to live without restraint. And I think that the FIRE community has done a rather poor job of advertising the benefits of financial independence and have instead focused on the 70% savings rate that some people have. Okay, great. If I am making $50,000 a year and I'm saving 70% of my income, I have like nothing to live on. I can't go and do extracurricular things. I can't go do fun things. I am just nose to the grindstone, doing my thing, saving 70%. Well, here's a tip. You don't have to save 70% of your income. You can save 10% if you want. You can save 5%. You can save whatever level you want. You can include whatever you want. Like Paula Pant says, you can afford anything. You just can't afford everything. So I want to live life without restraint. Okay, how much restraint are you going to have to show when you're 65 and you have saved $0 for retirement? Yeah, that's a great point. I know, because I'm right. And if you're young, you just have to make those small tweaks, save a little bit now, it'll become a lot later. Hashtag compound interest. Ooh, nice. I want to do the next one. I'll be bored. You know what? Boring people are bored. So if you're going to be bored, that means you're a boring person. Go find something to do. Seriously, there's this thing called a library. And inside the library, there are boatloads of books. Oh, remember, there's that today's show is sponsored by books, mindyonmoney.com slash books. There's a library filled with cookbooks 
and hobby books. You could learn to knit. You could learn to crochet. You could do, do puzzles. You can listen to music. You can take up a new hobby, like start weightlifting, start gardening, start learning all about the periodic table, like whatever you want to do. You can do it. You can do it at the library. You can learn all these new things. So if you're bored, that's on you. I am so angry by that one. If you think you're going to be bored, then I'm done with you. Don't even email Mindy at MindyOnMoney.com. <laughs> I'm going to delete you. Do you think many people choose to read and study the periodic table in retirement? No, but if you're bored, do that instead. Like memorize all those numbers. Can you sing them? There's a song. There are actually letters, hydrogen, helium. There's numbers on that chart too. The book I'm reading now is called E equals MC squared. I'm going to let Mindy borrow it after I'm done. Do you want, do you want to read it? You're such a nerd. <laughs> do you know what the C stands for? Something. Something starts with an S. Mass times acceleration? No, that's mass a, times speed. So F equals MA, that's a different one. E equals MC squared. Is that energy equals yep. it's the speed of light, but I can't remember yeah, what yeah. it stands. That's it. For. C is the speed of light. Oh, C is the speed of light? Yeah. Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. Yeah. It's a oh. big number. It, it it sure is. Mass and energy are interchangeable. So it could be M equals EC squared. Not really. You just said they're interchangeable. Not like that. <laughs> we super digressed there. Okay. Relativity, baby. Albert this Einstein. one. I don't want to give up luxuries. Okay. So then don't. Make a list of your priorities and keep the things in your life that you want to keep in and get rid of the things that don't make any sense to you or don't cause you joy or aren't something you value. And I brought this up on the episode we just did at the beginning of the month with Brad Barrett, and I'll bring it up again. I interviewed Liz Frugalwoods way back at the very beginning of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. And she told the story of how she, when she first discovered financial independence, she dove deep into it. She and her husband embraced it fully and they got rid of everything. They cut out every single thing they could in their life for one month. And then they discovered that some of the things they didn't miss, but other things they missed a lot. So instead of just adding them back in, they looked for frugal ways or frugal-ish ways to add them back in. One example is yoga. She cut out yoga for a month discovered that she really missed it and wanted to take it again. Instead of paying full price for her yoga class, she discovered that if she got to yoga like 30 minutes early and checked everybody in, she could get a free class. So she did that. And at the time, I believe she had enough time in her day that she could do that. This was before the Kidwoods came along. So being creative and looking for ways to keep your luxuries in your life without paying full price for them allows you to keep the luxuries in your life while still pursuing financial independence. Does she call her kids the Kidwoods? Yeah, they're Kidwoods and Babywoods. Oh, okay. Wow. Did you not read their site in a while? I thought it was Frugal Kid and Frugal Baby. No, I've, I read it. There's a lot of snow there, there at the yeah. moment. <laughs> I love Vermont though. It's beautiful. If there's anyone from Vermont, send us an email. We love your state. Yes, it's lovely. 
We just met a friend from Vermont. Yeah, we just met a friend. He's a physical therapist for an NBA basketball team. Yes. Okay. Last last one. It's a sacrifice. Oh, boy, do I have a lot to say about this. It cracks me up. I don't want to retire because I can't have my shiny new whatever, insert whatever your favorite thing is, season tickets or some kind of fancier car than what you already drive. Poor you. I'm so sad. Do you know what the ultimate sacrifice is? It's giving up your autonomy because you haven't saved any money and being able to live life how you want to. Is owning that shiny thing worth giving up autonomy? And I understand there's going to be a little bit of time delta. You're going to have to put some money away, let your money grow. But trust me, it's worth it. That shiny new thing is not worth it. Or if that shiny new thing is truly worth it, like I just said in the luxuries, it's something that you really value. Add that into your expenses as part of the things that you need to cover. The 4% rule is the safe withdrawal rate. On the flip side of that, essentially, you just need 25 times your annual spending. So if your annual spending right now is $50,000 with your shiny new thing budget line, keep it in there. If it's $75,000 with that shiny new thing line item in your budget and you want to keep it in there, then keep it in there. There's not really that many rules. The 4% rule is a rule of thumb, not a rule set in stone. And you just include in your expenses everything that you want to include in your expenses and save up for whatever that number is. It's not like you have to live on Jacob Lund Fisker's $7,000 a year budget. He's from early retirement extreme and extreme is the big word there. That's the key word in that. In his website name, you don't have to live like him. You don't have to live like Mr. Money Mustache on his $24,000 a year budget. He doesn't feel deprived at all. And he has enough money that if he wants, he can add more stuff in there. He doesn't want to. If your wants include $50,000, $150,000 a year, that's fine. That doesn't mean that because you spend $150,000 a year, you can't pursue financial independence. That means your fine number is different than our fine number. That doesn't mean that you can't do it. Yes. I have two more closing thoughts and then I'll turn it back to you. The first one is if you really do want some kind of fancy, shiny thing, just consider putting it off for a couple of years, especially if you're young. Put some money away into investments. Let that money start working for you. So you've got that money at your back should something happen, should something change. And then buy your shiny new thing. And in two or three years, you might not want it anymore. But if you still do, go for it. And that brings me to my second point, which I think people lose track of. And I certainly did. The whole point of this thing is happiness and to live your best life. Therefore, if something truly gives you happiness, like Mindy said, find a way to add it into your life now. But I would encourage you to also find a way to pursue financial independence at the same time. If you love to race cars, that's an expensive hobby and it might push your retirement back five years. But if the whole reason you're pursuing retirement is so you can race cars, it's silly to postpone that part of your life. So find some way to reconcile these things. And I still think sacrifice is too strong of a word. I do think that most people can really have it all with a little bit of imagination and maybe just, just a little bit of delay of gratification. I agree. 
I just like White Castle. That's not too expensive. Really? Are you just going to bring up White Castle every single episode? If you love White Castle, send an email to Mindy at MindyOnMoney.com. If you don't like White Castle, send an email to Bill at Microsoft.com. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's Bill Gates' email address? I have no idea. I don't know who that would go to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get a... We'll, we'll just bounce back. Mailer Damon. We'll, we'll get a... Some lawyers knocking on our door. Bill Gates asks you to stop asking people to email him about White Castle. Bill Gates does not like White Castle. <laughs> okay, that wraps up not only this episode of the Mindy on Money podcast, but that wraps up February Fi Month. To all who celebrate, I hope you had a lovely Fi Month. Tomorrow is Leap Day. So happy birthday to all of our Leap Year baby listeners. And a big happy birthday to our carpool kid, Donovan, who is turning four, no, three tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, I got to do that math in my head. You should have done that math for me. Yeah, I know I should have. And next month is MMM month, Mindy March Madness month, right? No, next month is couple month. Yes, we'll be talking about relationships for the entire month of March. So tune in for that. We are going to do a live money date, Carl and I, on the show. Not live, like you can't listen to it while we're doing it, but we're going to record a money date for you. We're going to talk about dating in the FI space. We're going to talk about when to bring up money when you're first in a relationship. What else are we going to talk about? I don't know. Can we record it from Burger King? No. Whopper, 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 whopper. I hope Burger King does a new commercial. If anybody works for Burger King, you need a new ad campaign. I love your ad campaign, Burger no, King. No, you're, you're so wrong. May I have a free Whopper? Ugh. Yeah, you can get a free Whopper. Ugh, you're the worst. Okay, do we have anything else to say? That's all. Okay, thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thanks. Maybe I should read these notes before we start recording. Yeah, that's a great point. I know, because I'm right. Do you know Bill Gates is my birthday twin? Really? Yeah, okay. we were born on the same day. Do you think he really does like White Castle? Or I would imagine that he doesn't. He probably has slightly more refined tastes, but you know. Hey, Bill, if you're listening, A, let's celebrate our birthday together this year. And also, let's go get White Castle. It's on me. So in and out White Castle or Taco Bell, which one do you choose? Oh, in and out Sorry, White Castle. By the way, an another fly hack. If you can't tell, I'll fill you all in. I am not a foodie. Yeah, no kidding. Surprise to no one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm equally happy at Taco Bell as I am at the Michelin Star Restaurant. But what a great fly hack.